Good to see you. We have some who are visiting with us today. We're really glad that you're here. What a wonderful um, privilege it is for us to have you as a part of our assembly today, and we invite you to be back. Allow us to, to speak to you, to greet you, to welcome you. If you haven't filled out an attendance card, if you'll do that, we, we won't bug you, but we will at least reach out to you and let you know that we were glad to have you and provide you information so you'll know when you can come back and, um, and how, how you can be part of this, of this church family. And to each of you, um, Happy New Year. Uh, it's hard to imagine, 2022, unbelievable. Philippians chapter 2, or chapter 3 rather, 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. September 12th of 1913, James Cleveland Owens was born in Oakville, Alabama. He was the youngest of seven children. His parents were sharecroppers. His grandparents had been slaves. And you don't really need to know much more about him to know that he was beginning what would be a difficult and challenging life. It was the 19-teens in this country. By the time he was 16 years old, we would have entered the Great Depression. He was from a poor family, black, born in the South, barely two generations removed from slavery. It's going to be a tough life. A lot of challenge. A lot of difficulty. A lot of hard times. By the time he um, reached junior high school, his parents moved to Cleveland, Ohio. He was nine years old. The, 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 the circumstances were better in the north. More job availability, better circumstances, better social acceptance, a long way from being good, but certainly better than what he had experienced and they were experiencing in Alabama. And so they moved to a new town, a new school. On his first day of school, nine years of age, his teacher asked him what his name was to put in the roll book. And he said, James Cleveland Owens, my mom calls me J.C., but the teacher didn't hear J.C., she heard Jesse. And she wrote in her roll book, Jesse Owens. And for um, his classmates beginning that day, and from then on, the world knew this young man as Jesse Owens. In junior high school, he began to uh, garner the attention of folks in the track and field world, because even as a very young man, he showed exceptional abilities. He set school and district and state records 
throughout his junior high school years. When he went into high school, he won the state championship in his events three years in a row. In his fourth year, his last year of high school, he was competing in a national interscholastic track and field event in Chicago. And during that series of events, set three high school world records. So you, you can imagine that by the time he finished his high school career, scouts and coaches from major colleges and universities all around the country were knocking on his door, sending him letters, seeking to have him come to their school to run track and field. But it wasn't at all certain that he would be able to do that because he didn't think he could afford to go to college. Afford to go to college? Why would he have to afford to go to college? Because in 1934, as he began his career in college, black athletes weren't offered scholarships except from historically black colleges and universities. He didn't qualify. So how could he possibly go to one of these big-name schools and pay for it himself? See, it didn't seem likely that he would go to college at all, but, but he did. And he chose his home state, by this time his home state, for his college education, the Ohio State University. While at Ohio State University, in his freshman year, 1935, he was participating in the Big Ten Championship, Ann Arbor, Michigan. A week before, he had fallen down a flight of steps and had injured his back, and it was recommended that he withdraw from the competition. He didn't want to do that. He asked his coach, would you at least let me compete in my first event to see how I do? His first event was the 100-yard dash. He did compete. He won the event and tied the world record. Injured. But what became perhaps the most extraordinary feat in track and field history of all time, he then competed in three more events, all three of which he set world records, won the event within a 45-minute time period. In 45 minutes, hurting, tied a world record, and set three more. Unimaginable. Never happened before. By the way, you, you would think with that kind of notoriety and that kind of skill and ability, he would have been um, highly accepted in the world of college athletes, athletics. But, but it really didn't work that way because, you see, because he was black, he couldn't travel with the team. He had to travel separately from the team. And, and he, he couldn't stay in the same hotels with his white teammates, and he couldn't eat in the same restaurants with his white teammates. Segregation laws in this country, even in Ohio, prevented that from being the case. I'm just telling you, he had a hard life, a challenging time. All the accolade 
All of the accomplishment for Jesse Owens was uphill. It didn't come easy. Because all the advantages that others seemed to enjoy, he did not enjoy. They were not his. They weren't part of his experience. Paid for his own college, which he never finished, by the way. Dropped out in his third year because <laughs> he couldn't afford it any longer. Paid for his own college, set world records, traveled separately from his team, stayed separately from his team for circumstances that he had no control over. In 1936, right after his freshman year into his sophomore year of college, Jesse Owens competed on behalf of this country in the 1936 Olympics. From history, you will remember that was in Berlin, Germany. And you will remember that in attendance was Adolf Hitler. The world expected, certainly Hitler expected, that Jesse Owens participated participation in the 1936 Olympics would, would simply substantiate Hitler's theory, Hitler's belief of Aryan superiority. That Jesse Owens would be defeated by the German athletes and Hitler's theory would be substantiated. It didn't work that way. Jesse Owens participated in four events. He won four gold medals, a feat that no Olympic track and field athlete had ever done. Jesse Owens, the greatest track and field athlete of all time, certainly at that point and perhaps even until today. And it wasn't easy. How'd that happen? It, it, you, have, you have to wonder, how is it that, that someone who had so much talent, so much ability, but who had such an uphill struggle throughout his life, how, how could he possibly, how could he stay, hang in there? How could he stay the course? How could he continue? And it seems as if that's a good question because I'm just telling you, I think you have an uphill battle as well. I don't know a lot about the struggles and challenges that you have in life, but you have them. And I don't know, you don't know a lot about the uphill struggles and battles that I have in my life, but I have them. How is it that we will continue? How will we press on as we seek to serve the Lord faithfully and with integrity in this life in spite of those challenges and difficulties? I want to suggest what I believe are three philosophies that Jesse Owens developed that helped carry him through that, that will be valuable to us as well. That, that when, you, when you see his life and you hear what he said, you'll understand and recognize that those philosophies work for us as well. And by the way, they're substantiated in Scripture. It's not just one man's opinion, but rather it is the inspired word of God that reminds us of these things. First of all, I want to suggest that Jesse Owens got busy. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't think it was going to do him any good whatsoever to stand around and whine about his circumstances. 
he had something to do. Somebody asked him one time, how is it that he could run so fast? Here was his reply. I let my feet spend as little time on the ground as possible. <laughs> from the air fast down, from the ground fast up. You want to run fast? Don't let your feet stand around. <laughs> and Jesse said, I can run so fast because I let my feet stay on the ground as little as possible. He had a purpose. He had a responsibility, a determination that he would seek. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 said he also had a purpose. He said, therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. The Apostle Paul realized, recognized, was certain that he had a responsibility, that he had a purpose. And he was going to get busy with that purpose. He wasn't going to stand around and consider all the obstacles that were before him. He just got busy. As an individual, as a church family, we can stand around if we want to. We can think about the obstacles that are before us the struggles, the challenges that we have, and we'll get nothing done except self-pity. And while Jesse Owens had lots of reasons perhaps to do that, as did the Apostle Paul, both just got busy. They, they let their feet spend as little time on the ground as possible. They were busy carrying out their respective missions. They had a purpose they had a goal, and they got busy. Two more observations, and I'll link these closely together because they're, they're, they're very similar. A second philosophy that Jesse Owens had was that of perseverance, of pushing through. Um, the old King James Version uses the word patience, and that has a whole different meaning in our language today, but it has the idea of, of perseverance, of stick-to-itiveness, pushing through in spite of difficulty. And then related to that, keeping your eye on the goal, always looking ahead. Jesse Owens said, one day or another, every athlete feels like taking it easy. He stops trying to exceed his limits and thinks he can keep winning because of his lucky star or the bad luck of his opponents. You must overcome this negative instinct, which affects all of us, and which is the only difference between the person who wins a race and those who lose. This is the battle you have to fight every day of your life. You ever want to quit? You ever want to take a day off? Take a break? Okay, I, I understand that, that from physical labor, those kinds of breaks are necessary and needed. But I'm talking about in, in the struggle of life. How's that going to work out for you when you decide to take a break from that, of persevering, of pushing through? Everybody wants to. Many do. But Jesse Owens' philosophy was to press ahead and to keep his eye on the goal. 
In Hebrews chapter 11, the Hebrew writer has outlined a lengthy list of great people of faith from the Old Testament. People whose, whose lives personified faithfulness, integrity, character, perseverance, and keeping an eye on the goal. Great people of faith who had fought the battle, who had won the victory, and who now, as it were, are seated in the stands cheering those of us who are on the field of competition now onto our victories. And so chapter 12, having enumerated this great list of people from chapter 11, chapter 12, the Hebrew writer says, seeing that we are compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses, we're surrounded by these, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. All around us, from biblical history, the Hebrew writer says, there are people of faith who have been victorious. They have won. They have accomplished. They have succeeded. And they know the victory that is theirs through Jesus Christ. And now they cheer us on to our victory. Jesse Owens had a philosophy, a theory of pressing on in spite of difficulty and of keeping his eye on the goal. He persevered. What did he do when he came back from the Olympics? A reporter asked him one occasion how things were going for him. Here's what he said. After I came home from the 1936 Olympics, with my four medals, it became increasingly apparent that everyone was going to slap me on the back, want to shake my hand, have me up to their suite, but no one was going to offer me a job. What'd he do? He pressed on. We know that at the time of the competition, it was traditional that the leader of the host nation greet those athletes who won medals in their respective competitions. But the word had come back to the United States that when Jesse Owens won his four gold medals, Hitler refused. When I came back, after all those stories about Hitler and his snub, I came back to my native country. I couldn't ride on the front of the bus. I had to go to the back door. I couldn't live where I wanted. So tell me what's the difference. What did he do? He pressed on. And although I wasn't invited to shake hands with Hitler, I wasn't invited to the White House to shake hands with the president either. What did he do? He pressed on. And while I don't know the challenges and difficulties that you face in your life, Maybe I do. 
because they're probably not that much different than mine. Oh, there are some things that are different, but there are some similarities. And we all share them. So what are we going to do? What's your story? I don't know. But I know that the only solution is to press on. To get busy. To persevere. To keep your eye on the goal. Because when you stop doing those things, you stop having the opportunity of success, of completion of the goal, and of winning the prize. And I'm not talking today about business, and I'm not talking about things that, that are material in nature. These principles apply. But I'm talking about spiritually speaking. How will you gain the success that you want to have in your spiritual life? I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to save more. How, how am I doing so far? <laughs> Sound familiar? See, I, I ought, to, ought to know that list because I've got about 55 years of making that list out. I'm older than that, but, but I didn't make New Year's resolutions before I was about five or six years old. Now, I ought to have that list pretty well memorized. I'm not talking about that list today. I'm talking about the, the, the choice that I, I have to make every day to, to do better, to have success, to be blessed spiritually. Everything's in place. All the pieces are available, and the victory is guaranteed through Jesus Christ. It is for me, and it is for you. But you've got to get busy. <laughs> Don't let your feet stay on the ground any longer than is necessary. You've got to persevere. You've got to keep your eye on the goal. 2022, our congregational Determination is to press on. Look at the image. Uh, our, our new banner is out in the foyer. We'll leave it out there throughout the year. Look at the image. The road's long, but there's a goal. There's a direction. There's a determination. Let's get busy. Let's persevere. Let's keep our eye on the goal. Jesus Christ extends an invitation to each of us to be part of his family, to, 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 to be welcomed into his presence, to share relationship with him, and therefore to, to share, to experience, to anticipate all the goodness that comes with that, the forgiveness of sins, the hope of heaven, the expectation of reward. You have the opportunity to begin that journey today, to renew your commitment to that journey.